and you're live on Dead Radio. Yo, guys. So, welcome to another show of Dead Radio. Thank you for coming back. Um, today, I've got uh, a very low-key but extremely influential pe- person in terms of the street culture in Joburg, or probably South Africa as a whole. Um, yeah, but yeah, before I get too deep into it, let me introduce yourself. Yo, Doug, how you doing, man? Amazing, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. So, yeah, introduce yourself. Who are you, bro? What you about? Uh, I'm just a guy, man. Um, my name is <laughs> for those of you that don't know me. And, um, yeah, I'm just like a guy um, with some very weird, keen interests that I just Like push. what? Yeah. <laughs> you just push. <laughs> that I just push, you know, um, anything that's like in the um, in the sneaker fashion related, like uh, thingy industry. Yeah, that's me. Right. Um, a lot of you may know Dip Street, Dip or Die. Yeah, um, I'm the person behind that, and yeah. Nice, nice. Okay, okay, Tisama, but nice to meet you, bro. <laughs> nice to meet you. I don't so, like it before. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's the bro. I know, I know, but it's it's just like um. So the only reason why I let people introduce themselves because I I think it's always better for someone else to introduce themselves than me to because it's very easy for me to look outside like I'm outside looking in basically and I'm saying all these amazing things and you know deep down that there's flaws here and there and what you think is dope or what I think is dope might be weird to you so then you end up describing someone and then it's just like um that's yeah, not no, who I really think I am <laughs> it's always an interesting one like I just I just always find it interesting to to see what people um think you are or think I am like I don't necessarily right. necessarily want to be a person that like dictates to people who I am because I right. know what I am and you know like unless you are with me or you're in my mind like on a day-to-day or whatever like then you'll never fully understand to them it can be misinterpreted so you know like that's sometimes fair. like let people have their sort of i don't know impress- impressions or whatever but it's always yeah, not nah, that's fair yeah. i totally get it from I yeah get, I, I i get it from that point of view that's actually like a good it's a good one because you get to see what someone else if the perception that you've kept not necessarily perception but if the person and the character that you are has a like can someone else see what you see in yourself basically in a nutshell right yeah in a nutshell yeah okay yeah. so so you um tisa mamba and i recently just found out that you're from Mpumalanga, actually Am yeah right? you didn't know that <laughs> yeah yeah actually a lot of people actually don't know that yeah yeah i know <laughs> no dude like it's 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 my job to like always know more than i normally should when I'm yes. con- like when I'm having a discussion or something, because it's gonna be very bored if I just call you onto the show and then I don't know anything and I'm still trying to have a proper conversation with you. It's gonna be weird. It's gonna be weird. Yeah. So you grew up in Mpumalanga and like tell me about your background. Like how did it all start? You know what I mean? Like yeah. your background. Like tell me about that. Um. Geez. Okay. Well. Um. My parents moved around a lot, but basically just between like um, um and Pichudif. And then I've, I've also got like some, some Swazi roots through my dad. Um, I'm the only right. boy, three sisters, one little sister, two older sisters, and then obviously both my parents. Um, background wise, I don't think there's much to tell other than that just like, I don't know, I just grew up in a small t- town. Um, I had... yeah. Uh, 
I had this like liking towards sneakers from like a very very early age. Like my dad loves shoes. Um, he's he's right, right, right. He's, he's, into, he's into like um, he's into fashion, he's into clothing, that sort of stuff. Um, maybe not like the same realm, you know, as me, but like yeah, he's, he's always been into that thing. Um, so I think I just kind of. I just kind of inherited that from him in the blood, and mm, but then growing, mm. you know, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily him who was pushing that onto me. It was more my mom. Um, mm. Like every time my dad would buy me something, it would be something I hated. And then um, my mom, on the other hand, like we'd go. So like in Pumalanga, it's like if you come from a small town, like so for example, when we were staying in Pichitip or during those times, it's like if you there's no places to shop. It's just like you got a Truett. Yeah. There's a Truett. There's a Markham's, uh, and then what else can I think of? And like obviously the Mr. Prices and the whatever. So like the guys that yeah. like think they can dress, you know, whatever, they'll go and they'll shop at Markham's and they have the standard Markham's hoodie. Or whatever, <laughs> and, like, yeah. and like what I'd always do is I'd wait. Um, so either when we go to like now spread, then obviously. Would 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 I'd like now? Okay, cool. All the all the money, let's buy everything all at once. And and sometimes I make like yeah. Mistakes. My mom would actually be like, like, especially with sneakers. Like my mom would be like, Yo, why don't you take those? Those are dope. Are you or, like, yeah. yeah no, and then like and I'd be like, ah, oh, this one's the one. And then like later I'd actually like rock it and be like, Oh, it's not like, like it. Like, like, like actually, <laughs> Cortez, like Cortez, like Cortez. I never chose Cortez for myself. Like my mom was like, Yo, I think this this would look good on you. Like and. And that's how it worked. And it was always like that. Like even with Joburg, my whole interaction with Joburg, because my older sister's like way older than me, is that every time like my, my older sister studied the bits. And right. every time like she'd come to school, we'd come drop off. And every time she'd come back from school, we'd fetch her. And then obviously I'd do a bit of shopping in, in Joburg and hang around in Joburg. Joburg yeah. And, and it became the spot for me then. Like, and then I'll buy and shopping here. So like then then the conversation changed, like, okay, cool. Yo, like we go to like Mooks and we're buying a hoodie and my mom was like, yo, this hoodie is eight nine nine. So if I buy this hoodie, like it's a wrap. Like, are you sure you want this hoodie? And I can't I'd buy like, your shoes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sure it's a you know. So um yeah. Yeah, I started. Um that's my background, I guess, how I got into it and uh, my first interactions with Johannesburg and it was just a city that just like took that just like took me that just captured me. I don't know if that makes sense. And yeah, so, so even back at school, like we're back at school, back in boarding school, and um, I just always like think about it, like yo man, when I when I pull up there, you know. So when the decision came to come You're to Joburg, cry. Well, <laughs> to come for varsity, like there was only one place I was going. It was Joburg. I knew. Okay, full shot. I'm going to Joburg for varsity. Right. And I want to eat the city up. So yeah. So that's the only reason why you came to Joburg for varsity. Well, yeah, re, re, yeah, kind of like, so there's, there's one, there's another thing that a lot of people don't know about me. Obviously people see the side, which is, which is like fashion sneakers. Yeah. But my real, real actual like passion's always been cars. Like that's, that's right. one. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I started mechanical engineering and right in like, for Mekenge, there was only like two real options for me, like that I wanted to go to the UCT or Joburg, and, right. and then eventually, like I chose Vitz. So um, yeah, coming to Joburg, that was the main, that was the main reason. It was it was to study. Like 
um, right. getting into like fashion stuff. Maybe we'll touch, we'll touch into that maybe like later. Yeah, we definitely will. Yeah. So it's a, it's, that's so yeah. crazy. So, yeah. so you basically just came to Joe to to study, and then you get here, and then now you open up to all these other things. Um, and the question I was going to ask you is something you already answered is mechanical engineering like I would have never ever thought that you studied mechanical engineering you know what I mean like I, I was actually quite shocked to find that out I was like what because I always thought of you as someone that was um, deeply into into business and and specifically um, into sneaker culture you know I would have never thought that cars and mechanical engineering was your thing so now what what happens during you studying mechanical engineering and now you're in Joburg and now you see what Joburg has to offer does that change the future at that point in time well sort of like a yes and a no um it's kind of it's a it's an interesting take because it's it's sort of like up until that point or even even now like a couple of people if you look at like people that know the different sides of me it's, it's kind of like I've been living a right. double life if that makes sense um because mm-hmm, you have a lot of people that know me from that cars aspect and and they're like, yeah, okay, cool. We know you you were into like dressing weird. Like for example, like in class, like in lectures, like I'd stand out like a sore thumb because right. don't like they don't even put any effort. Like guys wear slops and stuff like that to lectures. Yeah. And then <laughs> you're like coming in late for a lecture and you're Jordan Fours and stuff like that. And like snapback <laughs> like, on guy? stays on and yeah. everyone's like staring at you like this, this guy lost. Like you know what I mean? Like, so, <laughs> yeah. so it was always kind of that thing. But, you know, it was the main focus, obviously, was coming out for varsity. And then when I came out for varsity, like, I obviously still want that hunger for um, my, 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 my fashion or my clothing stuff, you know? Right, right. And, yeah, yeah. And, and when I first came to Joburg, obviously, it's like you see a lot of the sports scene and stuff that you never got to see before in small towns in Pumalanga. And then mm-hmm. you start getting a couple of things there but then you realize quickly that like you walk on campus and you bought that like hoodie and then everybody has that hoodie and you don't want to be that guy and then you um yeah and of like you're trying to buy like at that time i think i think like shelf life had just started i think like i remember being like on the vids bus coming from res like seeing the shelf life website there and then like jump on shelf life you're like yo this stuff is like crazy and then you see you see stuff like that and and you're like why can't I get this stuff here, you know, um, in Joburg? Um, and at that same time, like, Galaxy Boy were doing their thing, and a whole lot of other yeah. stuff, like, folks were doing their whole thing, and, like, with them, also, it's like, you're trying to hit up guys, you're like, yo, man, I want this thing on WhatsApp. Where can and I get like, this? Three months later, still no reply. I still don't have your product. Like, what? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I was like doing back work for another engineering company that does like grace cars. Um, and then I was just like, I mean, people are sleeping on this thing. Like, why is nobody doing, it? you know? Um, and then I was like, okay, cool. Like maybe I can, maybe I can just like do something on the side. Like, you know, it's, you always, you always think like, ah, it's gonna be something, something small, like something on the side. Yeah. Like, maybe something like, to my friends. Like, and like, yeah, exactly, exactly, you know? And that, yeah. was, and that was the initial plan. Um, the initial plan was like, to do it with some of my friends and 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 those friends at the time like they were like sneakers like selling sneakers like they didn't really kind of get it um yeah but it's also just they just wanted to make money like on the side yeah (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> the closer and closer we got to like making it a real thing, like when we signed the lease and stuff like that, and now like monies need to be paid and people are yeah, coming. it's getting real now. Yeah, it's getting real. Like obviously, homies like got cold feet and stuff like that, and then yeah, pulled out, and and that was actually kind of for the best. Like now, in retrospect, when I think about it, like it actually worked out best because um, I just think there would have been like too much. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been too able to heads. my vision of that. Yeah, too many heads, too many brains. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent for yeah, disaster. Because yeah. yeah, everyone so wants to have a say. My passion and experiences and visions of like everything I've seen in magazines and places I've been to, and just say, right. can we have that? Yeah, and then I just basically put myself in a predicament, which became Dub Street. Right. So. I, I I read somewhere that you 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 low key like um because look I I, I want to find out more about this so there was a group of people that you wanted to start it out with and then people obviously backed out and now you are the last one left because this is essentially your idea yeah um so now where do you end up getting the money to to now carry this whole thing on your back because now it's time to pay for the lease yeah no hundred percent so. So one thing, like one thing, I've I've been lucky about is that like I've I I sort of have I wouldn't say an ability, but like in my life I've I've I haven't I've been proven people wrong. So I mentioned before that I was doing like back work. Well, it's not always back work for this company that built um, race cars in in right uh, called Next Gen, and there was this. And, and so basically, like in varsity, like for engineering from second year, you're forced to, um, you have to work during the holidays Go out. to get practical experience. Yeah. Right. And I, spent, and I spent the first year working on the mines because I was on a scholarship from um, the Shanduka Foundation, Cyril's, Cyril's um, Education Foundation. And I hated that. Right. On the mines. So I was like, okay, cool. Second year, I'm going to find a job. I went, I went up to this guy, um, the owner of the company, Craig Reichman. I was like, yo, man. Um, I've read about you in magazines and stuff like that, like, and I want to work for you. Like, I think I'd be a great asset to your company. And it's like, man, we don't, we don't, we don't need anyone. And I'm like, no, no, I like, I'll work for you. And he's like, he's like, bro, we don't need it. And I'm like, okay, I will, I, I will. You can even test me. You can do whatever it is. Like, just trust me. Um, you won't, like, you won't regret it. And it's like, okay, cool. Um, go research this, 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 this. Come back next week and um ask a couple of questions and if you pass them like then you can work for free i'll just give you like transfer okay um, actually it was actually for free even so then i go there like i get everything right it's like okay, cool i start working for him at that time i'm not getting paid like this is this is during the holidays i'm coming to work i'm like killing it um and i sort of like worked my my, my responsibilities at the beginning were just like general just like welding and doing whatever and then i worked into mm-hmm. tuning cars which is like programming cars ecus and right. I got so good at it, like within the first what six, seven months. Um, like at some point over when the holiday stopped, I carried on like going there after school, like after Boston or whatever. Right. And then he was like, Okay, cool, like you're actually good at this, like you're natural at this. Like and you actually that that was the job that he was actually doing. Um right. cool, I'm gonna give you a permanent contract and I'm gonna start paying you bones. And it was like proper bones, like Double figures, like and you know, your second year varsity, like second year varsity, yeah. like, like like you know, if you second, if you second year varsity and you raise, 
and everything has already been paid for. And let's say you get an allowance of like 1,000 something. That's big money. Now imagine when yeah. you're getting like double digits. And yeah. <laughs> I've got no overhead. Like I don't have to pay for food. I don't have, have to, to pay, pay for, for transport that much. Nothing, like everything, like nothing, you know? So I was just using that money, like obviously like buying whack ass stuff, you know, groove and sneakers and whatever, but like the rest I was putting away. And when came the time to actually like do this, I believed in, in it so much that I was like to my sister, who's also um, one of my biggest inspirations and mentors, like she's a businesswoman who's killing her own stuff or whatever. And I was like to him and to her, like, yo, um, I want to do this thing. He was really pissed off because I'm like, yo, um, I want to start like, leaving this. Leave. But yeah, yeah. Exactly. and it's like so you're giving me I'm like nah just because of the relationship that like him and I have like it's kind of like he was like a, a, a sort of like a mini dad I don't know if that makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like and, and, my, and my sister's always believed in me as well like or whatever so I tried initially going the whole route of like getting financing myself and like the banks were like, dog, we don't even know who the hell you are. Like, um, I remember even a, a conversation for a card machine just to get a card machine in there. Like, um, F&B replying to an email saying, they just gave me some generic response where they're like, but it's like, no. And then I was like to my sister, like, this is what's happening. And my sister like, was like, okay, cool. I will get it in like mining or whatever. But okay. basically, they just like, they just like stood for surety for that and got me that funding. And then that's how... It basically worked well, worked together with my savings because I had a lot of savings, like a lot. Like, right. if, you save, if you save, if you're saving like 10, 10k plus, like a month for two years, boy, you're nice. So, yeah, yeah, you're nice. That's that's, yeah. like, that's like what 240. Yeah, damn, that's that's a, that's a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of money. So, you yeah. just basically carried your bag, okay? Okay, yeah. okay, that's a really good story. Okay, so then you moved to Joburg. So, now how do you find the space? that ends up being dip street like how does that come along <laughs> like fine fine you hustle you get the money together you go to vids and now you find the space and the space is not necessarily a space where the average joe would place a store you know what i mean it's a very yeah. it's positioned there by with reason you know what i yeah. mean so like what's the reason and why specifically that space how do you find that space um so the way i found that space was i was i just wanted a tattoo so like at that time it was the time when like you know tattoos were starting to blow up <laughs> like <laughs> becoming a real thing like you know how tattoos yeah. always been taboo in black families you know like yeah it's become like more acceptable you know and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and the one thing that i've always like pushed an agenda i've always pushed in my life always over for everything has always been quality so right. uh, a lot of people I get tattoos, the first tattoos was like a mess up or a F up or whatever. And I really, really wanted the best, the best tattoos. So um during the world during the World Cup, yeah, during the World Cup, there was a bartender like worked for liquid chefs at like one of the fan parks or whatever. And he had like this sick, 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 sick chest tattoo, like the sickest, like us. And I was like, yo, bro, I was ordering a drink. I was like, yo, we didn't get your tattoo done. And he was like, 1933 tattoos. I was like, okay, cool. And I check out mm. 1933 tattoos. Oh, shit, that's like right next to Fitz. I can go there like during a, in between a lecture or something like that. I go, I pull up there. I'm like, oh, that's dope. 
that's where I met um, Fez, Koki, the homies. Um, right. And then I was like, okay, cool, that's dope. So I did my first tattoo there. And then, and now this is obviously before this whole dip street thing. So now for my yeah, second yeah, yeah, yeah. tattoo, that's when I'm starting to pull together like. Were you already working at Shesha at that point? Um, Were you already working at Shesha? Already done. Okay. So okay. that's really done. Like in 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 me in me in me wanting in me wanting to because I I did like obviously a lot of I did, I did a lot of jobs in Boston. That's another thing that people like. I did like the next gen stuff like came later, but like at some point I was a bartender. At some point, obviously it was the, there was a Shesha thing, which I fucking hated. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I hate retail too, bro. I worked at Superdry for one day. Like, I worked for one and I was just like, nah, uh, I'm not gonna do that. Because there's one thing I hated, and that's when the boss was like, yo, you have to keep busy, even if, if yes. everything is done. Yes, 100%. I never understood that concept. Like, bro, every clothes, like, every t shirt is folded, every jean is good. But you want me to can't keep, touch your keep phone. folding them? Because I need to. Phone, you can't fuck? I, like... I was like, fuck that. Yeah, so, I was like, fuck that. Yeah, no, 100%. And that's why, like, for me, even with the, like, the Shesha gig, it did not it did not last long. I think it was, like, two months, if I'm not mistaken. It didn't last long because of that exact same reason. Um, if well, you know the lady that I'm talking about from Shesha, then you know why it did not. <laughs> So, <laughs> so is, but is that where you started to see a gap in the market, though? Is that where you started to see a gap in the market that Cheshire's um, is selling to sneakers, but it's selling sneakers not necessarily to the niche? Because there's there's definitely a loop. You know what I mean? Like a loop no, in the market. But yeah, but but even but even at that time, look, like even at that time, Cheshire wasn't selling like Mickey Mouse stuff, like. The, the 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 effort like if Shesha now and Shesha then has fallen off like completely like Rosebank even as a right. mall you know completely because like at that time like Rosebank Rosebank was like I don't want to say it was the Brahm before Brahm but like there was that cultural like like if you went to Rosebank you you were able to get like the combos um, that you needed that was a time like they had. I'm a keep keep there, you know, um, selling all the fakes and stuff like that. Like, well, at that time, there was no <laughs> like there was Mooks downstairs, there was Shesha there. Like Shesha, like at that time, Shesha had hands down the best hard. Air Force ones in yeah, the whole. Of the only hard. other competition for Air Force ones in South Africa was was Shuffler. Shuffler and Shesha had the best Air Force ones hands down. Like so. Um, they were they were on par at that time. I just think that like they obviously had the disadvantage that they were only selling Nike products, strictly Nike. Yeah. And then the gap obviously. So for them, maybe that's why they got the best. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, and then like for me, the gap comes from came from a place of like even you'd see like you'd see like music videos like um, YMCMB at that time was was poppy and stuff like that. Those guys are wearing snapbacks. Like when snapbacks came in and like. You're like there's no place there's no place in 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 the whole of Joburg to buy snapbacks where the hell do I get snapbacks? Then I'm like, okay, cool, yeah. I'm getting companies overseas or whatever and getting rights to bring in their snapbacks, you know, because I'm like, okay, cool, there's opportunity. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've sidetracked from what we were already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but we know about the social conversation. We can carry on where we were. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, we can think about social forever. 
But um, just going back to that, then, um, yeah, 1933, I went back for the for the second tattoo. Second now, tattoo, yeah. To my business plan type of thing. And um, after, like, walking up, like, if you take that back entrance into, I don't know if you know that right. back, that building. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do. Walk up the stairs, and then I see, like, a toilet sign there. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is crazy, like, or whatever. And then... I get my tats, meet those guys, they give me the landlord's number, peer, I go downstairs, I look through again, I'm like, this is dope, I hit, up, I hit him up, he's like, okay, cool, you can come viewing, we check it out. As soon as I walk in there, I'm like, this is exactly like, like, from when I walked in there, I knew, I was like, like you know, when you see something yeah. and like what you always imagined, like what your project would come out to be, it was exactly yeah. that. I was like, yo, hey, where do I sign? Like, sign me up, then, and yeah. Crazy, That's bro. Damn. Okay. Well, as well, because it was, it's literally a street across from Vitz. And like, uh, if you, if you study, if you study, if you study engineering or mechanical engineering, the majority of your lectures are on East Campus. So, right. It it was also perfect for me because I could call, like, I can check on everything in between lectures or whatever when I freeze because it's literally five minutes from my building to the store. Right. Yeah. Wow. So that's just really a perfect location. Yeah. So now did you have any issues in terms of people finding the space? Like how did you how did you go around the marketing and the it's because it's pretty hidden. I mean you you, you don't really find it unless you know what you're going where where you're going. You know what I mean? It was it it was it was it was super hidden and like I think that hidden aspect like I think I was just very um dreamy in the you know how when you want when yeah. you and you don't want your concept to be corrupted and like my whole thing always about it was like yo if you know you know if you don't there's hard for you and, and that's the kind yeah. of place I always wanted it to be um i just wanted it to be the kind of place that like if somebody puts you on to it then the right kind of people will be walking through the doors and everything like that um we've come to learn in south africa obviously that like things don't always work like that um that's not always the best for business that's like you learn to separate between like what a concept is and like what actually pays the bills really works yeah what yeah, really yeah, works yeah, so yeah. so so at the beginning it was fine um and then like when they need to pay like, the bills we were, we were we were we were like the first like that kind of store opening at in brown yeah at that, as well that was before 100%. Like, came in there your dealers came in there your puma selects all that stuff Bro, way before way way before way, that way, way, like, like the, there was only like G, what's that shop called G10 and stuff like that that was selling like clothes and brown, you know? Um, so, so I was like, that'll work. And initially it worked for us because like in varsity, like especially like being a student on campus as well and, and having a lot of homies on campus as well, that helped a lot. Like, oh, obviously like, yo, those create are a network. Oh, it's from my Where shop. Yeah, they're the from street. a shop. Yeah, pull up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that homie comes with his friends and they pull up to the store and then like and soon word got and around. So the other homies. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. how I wanted to in there. That's why I was the Xbox in there because it was it was dope. And I remember like um trying to sign, like trying to get Nike in the store and um at at, at like it was there was still one of the brands that were the most apprehensive to like get on with us. I remember like the one guy like Patrick Duff like coming in there. He's like, yeah, I love you set up. The concept is so good. It's so dope. But it's just like, it's like sometimes you just got to make it less of a hangout spot and more like, a, you know, and as a kid, you know, you don't kind of get those things right now. I know like what that means. And 
and and and how to get that right right yeah. balance. Um, but it kind of worked. And then when when Brahm started opening up its stores like on that strip, that it kind of became a problem. Got yeah. being split up and and more for there. And then I just think that when we then when we got robbed like the first yeah time, yeah like okay were you cool. there? This is, yeah, man, like, yeah, I was there, trust me. Uh, that was like, yeah, that was, that was one of the most, like, so, traumatic experiences. Walk me down it. Like, like huh? what you were, like, walk me down Did one nigga come in or, like, three, four, five niggas come in, they act like they're buying, and then so, what happens? So, basically, it was, like, um, that that day, like, we had dropped, um, so our delivery for the, uh cement fours was late right um, he had like a we had a drop dead like later than that and um that day i decided to switch it up because that, and that was also like one of the weirdest concepts ever because before that the only closest kind of thing to a line that we ever had a dip street for a drop was like when it dropped the uh, adidas tubular we had i know um, <laughs> um but luckily because the dealers gave us like they gave us that plug of being like an exclusive drop you know right um, right, these, right 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 but for the cement force drop like when we were closing up on the friday and that was like i'd never ever seen some like you see stuff like that on tv bro like in, like for your own store and your own brand that's like where your dreams that's what you've always wanted um when we were closing right. up people were already queuing outside and i was like oh shit like what? that's heavy like um, yeah and and it, and it was like it was gonna be raining that that evening as well, like or whatever. So people camped outside, and that was hectic. And then the store was supposed to open at we still open at nine, I think, on Saturdays. And then like obviously it had been raining like in the evening and stuff like that. And I and I felt bad or whatever. So I hit up at that time Gondo Fizz were working for me, and right. I hit the homies up and I'm like, yo guys, like let's actually just shift the. It's actually just shift the opening time and it's open earlier because like the guys are already queuing. There's no point in them like queuing another two hours. Right, like right. nothing if we can open earlier. So and yeah. I think that kind of like messed up the robbers' plans or whatever. Um, so we opened up early, did all the transactions, everything like that. Gondo was there taking the photos, everything, everything out, and um, now it's like nine. The stores open properly at nine, and there's still a lot of people that are coming because some people, you know, they're thinking they can still get the kicks, you know. A lot of traffic it's a saturday yeah, 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 yeah. perfect recipe for disaster i guess and i'm in the storeroom <laughs> like <laughs> i'm in the storeroom like getting i think i just i was getting something from the storeroom and gondo was by the till um like getting photos of the memory cards right and i walk into the floor like and like you know you just, like you know in your gut like your gut always won't lie to you like over on the floor like I see, okay, it's kind of busy, but like guys wearing shades and sporties. And like two of the guys wearing shades and sporties that were there the day before and they're asking like a lot of questions, you know, and stuff. And then uh-huh. at that time, we had really like, we'd really started um, putting up, because I'd, I'd been worrying about security before. So like maybe a month before that, we had like put it, put it in a buzzer a gate type system. Right, know? right, right, right. Yeah. 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 So, then Fez is like, by there, he's like, hey, yo, there's some people at the gate, like, buzz them open. And then I look, and then I see, like, a guy in a Orlando Pirates jersey with the sporty. And this is the time before sporties were actually, like, like in fashion again, like, or whatever. 
let's put another guy with him. And I'm like, yo, that's weird. Like, and like, I'm like, I don't want to let him in, but I'm like, also, if I like, yeah, actually, I'm like, yeah. then I'm also like to myself, you actually being crosses, like maybe, yeah, maybe, uh, whatever. Like, I, I buzz that guy, and that guy comes in, and I'm watching him, whatever, looking at his movements. And then, like, Fez is also like looking at me because now I can see he's also feeling like uneasy, whatever. Yeah, and then I'm like, to Fez. I literally like, I was like to Fez, like, yo, he's across like, the room. I'm like, yo, I think it's, I think it's about to go down. And then, like, as soon as I said that, I think like the guy like realized, started walking towards me, took off the backpack, pulled out the gats, and it was like, yeah, that was like it. Then the other guys in the other room pulled out gats, and it was like that there or whatever. They tied us up, like, and they just like cleaned out everything. What? Yeah. But so was, was there like uh, customers in the store still? Um, no, they actually weren't customers. All the people that we thought were customers were actually. <laughs> Those are actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's we are crazy. thinking the shop is booming. We think the shop is booming. We're getting robbed. That's crazy. So now everything goes. So now, how do you come back from that, dude? Man, that was like that was like the worst thing ever. Um, I don't think we really actually came back from that or could come back from that. We had like, yeah, I had like in storage, um, Nike, Nike were nice enough to say like, look, okay, cool. You've seen fires. We understand you've seen fires. So we're going to do this whole Air Max day thing with Shelf Life at your store. And, kind of thing. and then like, they're going to bring, yeah. and then bring like their own stock and everything like that, which is dope. But then that actually like made more like attention towards us now again because now those homies come back again like it was like what four weeks same later like, five weeks later same homies five weeks later like and it was so crazy because it was like that day so, so that specific robbery i wasn't there i was literally like having i was having like uh drinks with anthea in um in a great day like on a thursday we're like <laughs> We like actually celebrated. <laughs> you know, shit's been bad, but like you're having yeah, a good like, day. You, you work yeah. Out. And then those guys came through again. And then after that, like you know, security-wise, finances-wise, insurance hadn't paid for the previous one. They weren't going to pay for this one here. And then you just like you know what? Actually, like let's just until we figure shit out. Like let's just close the store. And and right. and and luckily before that, like before that whole. Um, robbery before those two robberies, I'd already started seeing like a decline in sales from when the other stores started opening like further down. Like, so for example, like when we were selling Puma Select products, it was right. like so it was so it was so new. Puma Select product was so new to the to to the to market the, like, the, the market and yeah, but that like believe it or not, it was one of our biggest sellers. I when, can believe that. I can believe that, yeah. And then when they opened their spots, then Puma sales went down. And then, okay, cool. Shut We did there. And then Adidas opened Area 3. And then, like, Adidas, then, like, Adidas sales down. And then I was like, okay, cool. The only way we're going to survive this, first of all, is that we can't be here. Because people now, before, they never used to complain about walking all the way up to where we now were they at. do because there's and other now they do, options. Because everything's down there, you know? Um, yeah. So I'd already, like, before the robberies, like, I'd already started looking for... Um, alternatives. Like spots, 
opportunity or whatever. Um, yeah. Found one yet? Because you know, if you're a young black little kid and you like, oh yeah, I want to open a sneaker store. Everybody's like, oh, we really have a lot of sneaker stores. You know, we got like Adidas, we got Cross Trainer and stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, everything happens for a reason. So we close the store down, and then a couple of months later, right opportunity, store and and new store, everything. Yeah. Right. Right. So now the new store's open, everything is booming, everything is good. Um, and then you guys open up another store. So now I'm gonna uh, before I even get into this conversation, like I was I was I, I, I looked at it as like a good um I was like really inspired by that book because it was like, yo, this nigga's opening another store, which means the first store is doing good enough. But at the same time, I didn't really understand the decision of having like two stores in Joburg. You know what I mean? And so I I, I read up on it a bit and and it was a thing of, I kind of understood the, 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 the mindset behind it because you wanted it to be in Parkhurst, which means you can sell your like your more premium stuff that you know that your brown market can't afford to to, to, to buy into basically, right? Yeah. Um, so you moved to Parkhurst. Um, would you say that was a good decision? Um, a bit of yes and no. Like, so I'll explain, okay. I'll explain my reasons for doing that. Like, other than the fact that, right. yes, um, we, we were trying to look for um, a, a a different, I guess, like, consumer or whatever who has the pocket or whatever. Right. Um, it, was, it, it was also more like of a tester. Like, at that time, Brahm was becoming heavily, heavily, heavily saturated. Like, and a lot of people that, a lot of things that people don't realize, like, when they all say, for example, like, Oh, why don't you sell this sneaker? Like, oh, we want the sneaker. Why don't you sell the sneaker? Like, brands don't care about the retailers, or while well, they only care about specific retailers, and they just want to, they just want to sell product, bro. They don't, they don't care like if if the product is sitting on your shelf. So like, just pay your card. And it was more of a thing of like, you've got Cross Trainer there, you've got Dip Street there. You've got Sports mm. there, you've got Puma, and then you've got Adidas. Mm. All on one street, all on one street. And all of them, you're pumping, like, the exact same product to that. Like, there's no, you can't breathe in that. Like, like for example, you look at, like, guys like like us, we're going to compete against um, a sports scene. Uh, a sports scene, that's, you can't. You're selling, you're selling to kids on credit. You're saying, like, yeah, they've oh, got oh, cash flow. Or you can buy with your mom's, you can buy with your mom's account and stuff like that. So that was just like, okay, cool. I need, I need space to breathe because I know that like, um, I know that like, I can't, I can't compete in that market. Like I know that okay, cool, yeah, I'm no. getting, I'm getting strangled by all strategy. the stores around me. Yeah. Yeah. So then, was, yeah, exactly. I, I, was, I totally get what you mean. At that point you need a different strategy. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily like, um, uh, an expansion thing. It was more like, okay, cool. Let's try, let's try change the way that we do things. And then uh, on top of that, what brings more complications to that is that like, when you're choosing a place to, to have a store, you can't just, you can't just wake up and say, oh, I'm going to open at the zone. No, you can't do that. Cause Nike's like, okay, cool. You can open the zone, but you can't sell our product at the zone. Cause we mm. that guy. Really? Oh, It'd be like that. Place, huh? Sorry? So so it'd be like that, like for real. Yeah. Like you could say I wanna to relocate to, to Rosebank and like yo, you can't sell our product in the Rosebank. 
Yeah, 100%, 100%. It's like, it's like if people come to you and they say like, oh, um, why don't you sell Air Force Ones? We want Air Force Ones. You're like, bro, don't you think I also want Air Force Ones? I want Air Force Ones. But like, those guys will tell you like, like yo, um, we, for you, for you, we just think like Jordan brand is perfect for you. So just carry on selling Jordan brand. That's what that's, that's you. That's your, that's your market. It's always like that. You can't like you don't walk into brands like or you can't walk into Adidas and be like, oh, um, start selling. Give me easy. They're like, no, we've got a plan for the easies, and you're not on that plan. So like brands have different plans for different retailers, and it just works out to like how how they see your potential and how far up you are in that food chain. And unfortunately, like different brands also or companies obviously have a bigger um, financial pool that can make that can force brands to give them specific product. We're an independent. We were, we were right. like, at that time. It's like the only re- independents that were selling sneaker product at that level. At that level of like um, selection was like us and Shafna, mm. literally. So right. Um, so you you don't have that much like pull into that, into like what product you get. So you just have to like make it work. Like when you see Jordan, it's like That's another question. So the the Dip Street, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, Doc. So the Dip Street Brom finance Dip Street podcast. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But so you guys are making a killing. No, we're not making a killing because that's nothing that people also don't get. <laughs> like it's like sometimes you got to be smart about it. Like so, Dip Street, Dip Street. Um, Dip Street, uh, what you call this? Brom was built yeah. by a contractor. A guy I met, a guy I met through Anthea is Dean. He's quite good at what he does. Like he built, um, what's a sneaker cleaning spot in Brom? He built their store. Um, he built. Actually, I think he might have actually even built um, Archive or whatever the one that's there in Brom. Whatever. He's quite good. Like whatever. Right. Um, but that cost like a whole lot of money. And and at that time we had we had like. Um, you like investments or whatever um that costs a whole lot of money for for dip sheet parkers like and and in that project and in doing that like this is where now my mechanical engineering experience helped helped me is that like i was part and parcel of the building of the dip sheet problem and i saw how it was done i don't know if that makes sense and then for right. dip sheet parkers for dip sheet parkers i was like i can do cat drawings myself like I can do these layouts and stuff like myself mm-hmm. and, and like I can get the individual contractors to thingy and I can manage this whole process myself. So like if you go ask Tony, like like the floor, the painting, the painting of the whole building, we did it ourselves. Like we didn't we didn't go and Crazy. Get, like, contractors or whatever. We did that ourselves. Like um Yanni's got videos of me putting like signage up. I, I would go to, like different light suppliers and be like, okay, cool. There's these lights I saw on the internet that are like this kind of thing. Can you make them? They're like, okay, cool. Yes, I can make them. I go to like Boulder's Warehouse, find a couple of guys sitting out there carrying signs saying electrician. I'm like, dog, are you an electrician? Like, yeah, I'm an electrician. Okay, cool, shop, come with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Like, so you like, used the experience and, from the first to just yeah. make the second a whole lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah, a whole, a whole, a whole, whole lot cheaper. Because what's the difference? Like in Parker's, that rent slaps. So like in in Parker's, like the rent is like five times more than bro, the rent in Brown. So it's of like of course you got to pick your battles. You got to pick your battles. Like like what am I gonna yeah. fight? No, exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. Yeah. That was, 
that was that was that. Yeah, I guess you could say Dipshit Bomb Finance, Dipshit Podcast. But like also at the same time, it was like a situation of we got we had so much stock. Now, like I'm saying, it's a more a survival thing, is that we had so much stock like um getting shoved down our throats that and and Brahm just wasn't moving anymore because Brahm was also starting to die. That was a time when Brahm was starting to die. A slow and painful death, like um Yeah, in terms of buying power, I get exactly what you mean. It died in terms of buying power. I mean a lot of people don't go there with Brahm as being Brahm, like that's I think that's when that's that was a time when they stopped even, for example, having there was a phase through Brahm where they stopped paying for private security to patrol. I don't know if you remember that time. Yeah, opening up their yeah and stuff like that. And that was at that time that that was happening. So a lot of customers as well that we have were buying stuff from us and paying for shipping, but they stay in Joburg. And like, I do follow up emails and ask them like, um, why are you paying for shipping? Right. Just thing? And they're like, bro, I come to Brom, I can't find parking. When I find parking, I'm getting hustled by a security guard who's saying I must pay 50 rand deposits. Like, so it just mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. So, but as a fact of all those things, and then like, even just like stock and product wise, it just makes sense to park us because I had enough stock to supply both stores at the same time. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to open pockets and I'm going to order more stock. No, it was like, bro, the oh. stock place, like we're literally going to split the stock in half and just put like stock in one store and the stock in another store. But like, isn't that like low-key like a bad idea? Because now you have higher overheads and you couldn't move this old stock and now you're going to move it to, a, to, a, to, to another store. And it's like, it's a 50-50 chance that you might move, but oh, yeah, you still have high yeah. overheads. Yeah, no, yeah, 50-50 chance. Um, obviously, you're banking on the fact that, like, the stock will move faster in pocket yeah. than it does in... Um, in Brown. In, in Brown. And then on top of that, like, we also had, we also had the space in pockets, which we didn't have in, in Brown. And Brown had already had that thing of, like, after they threw that party, remember that big street party where um, some guy yeah. was in... So I'm gonna golf or whatever. <laughs> like Brom was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. then Jock was like, "There's no, there's no streets like your event must be indoors. Like if it touches the street, like we're shutting that thing down." So when we took over the space in Parkhurst, it came with the courtyard. Um, right. And yeah. We were making we were making a lot of that um, those overheads for the rent in the sense that like, uh... like when a brand would come like. They'd be like, okay, cool, we're going to rent the space for a day. We had like at least one tenant who was doing an art um, art auctions once a month, every single month, guaranteed. So, like, okay, cool, boom, you're done. You're already taking a 14K check. Shop. Okay. Okay, yeah. That makes perfect sense. So, basically, everything just works for itself. Like, everything just, just um, really made sense at that point in time. So, now... I just, this is a question I ask everyone. What would you say are the sacrifices you have made to open up stores, or like, or to open up a dip street? Like, or, or did, like, what is the one thing you can remember that you did and you're like, "Fuck, bro, I did it for this shit." My savings. <laughs> <laughs> My savings, like, that's, that's the thing is, like, people, people. Like, as much as, like, business looks, like, glamorous and stuff like that and looks dope and everything like that, like, at the end of the day, you're also, like, putting yourself up to risk, like, um, yeah. and, and, it's, and it's so crazy that, like, 
as black people, especially like we're still enslaved in the in the thing of like, um, oh, if if I buy from this guy's store or whatever, like I'm putting money in his pocket for him to go pop bottles tonight or whatever. It's not really like yeah. that. Like, you're still gonna go buy from. You're actually gonna buy from a guy shop. Hey, where Nike. Like, fuck about you and doesn't even know who the hell you are. You know. Um, yeah. Uh, like you, you make those sacrifices. In that you make your sacrifices in terms of in terms of time, like. Um, working, working as a mechanic, working as a mechanical engineer, like in the professional corporate industry, I've been making way more money than the than the industry has ever made for me. You understand? I mean, like, so it's just like those mm. things of like, do you like choosing your battles? Like, and what's important to you? Um, yes, money is important to all of us, but like, do you want to be forty and and have that itch of like when you were young, you should have done something? Like, I look Could've. at my dad, my dad is like. Well, was like one of the most educated people I know and um, you know he went up to the corporate ladder and you know he gave us a decent life and everything like that but I just felt like he never he never he never got to be him and he always says he always said like to us growing up that like they didn't have the luxuries that we have they didn't they didn't give that's one of the reasons why even like he he fought and didn't understand dip street for the longest time is that he's like you've got all the opportunity you want like now you want to start sneakers like like they didn't understand that stuff they just knew like yo you have to go out there become a lawyer doctor engineer or something and go work for the man like that's how the Big world bank yeah yeah exactly and that was how the world worked you know and then for us like i feel like our generation was at the beginning era of taking risks and saying like privilege yeah yeah privilege like, great oh, era of privilege oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna touch varsity ever in my life. Not even a year. Like, ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> that stuff never used to happen before our generation. Never. Never. Yeah, yeah, nah, never, never, bro. That's a joke. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Bro. That's so, very true. That's very, very true. And I think that I think that's one of like that's one of like the risks. Like I even think like I remember a time when, um, I was like chilling with Ricky in the store, the first store. And we're talking about like girls and stuff like that. And um, at the time, I was hooking up with this this one girl, and like Ricky was like, "Dog, you always love." He's like, "You love these like cloud bad bitches and stuff like that." And he's like, "Dog." <laughs> <laughs> and he said something to this this one he said to me that was so that stuck with me forever. And he's like, "Bro, you're in the creative industry. Like things things can change just like this." Can be boom like this, and you can be sing fires tomorrow. It's like you're gonna fetch this cloud, honey. What are you gonna do with it? Sell sneakers? It's like nah, dog. Neither honey <laughs> does <in corporate. laughs> There's a guaranteed paycheck every single month. This is her salary. <laughs> She's working. working off. Yeah. That's your hand. Then you can do all the risky, the risky stuff. And you know, like at least it's from some sort of stability. She's good. She got you. <laughs> got me. And you're like, he was. Like when I think about that thing right now, like we was hundred percent right, you know. So um, yeah, it's a solid concept. I would not. That's a that's a real solid concept. I will not cap. Like that's such a solid concept. For me, I think it's the opposite. I don't. I I, I hate being with someone that's in the same scene, because it then feels like we're not learning anything from each other. You know what I mean? I I prefer like being with the hands that like are in a different, completely different scene, bro. Like because then we can sit down and like lie to each other about like shit we don't know you know what i mean then you sit with a hand that knows what what ricky was driving yesterday what casper was popping yesterday and then you guys are talking about these things no, like, that, i don't no. want to be having 
I don't want to be having those conversations with my hands. I can't have those conversations with my boys. Now I must come home and speak about the same things with my hand. Like, nah, bro, that doesn't make any sense. Yo, but that's a, <laughs> that's a solid yeah. one. It makes a lot of sense. Okay, okay. Okay. Where were we actually? Just like literally we all like, to this topic. Like, uh, <laughs> or whatever that you make, like for for the yeah for the thing. And then yeah, and and just to add like onto that, like also I think just like also personal sacrifices, like as in you're you're putting yourself out to the, into space. Like in my ideal world, I think I'd be a person who just creates product and people love the product, but don't the person who's behind the product doesn't influence the product as that makes sense yeah uh, yeah it does uh, so when you make product where you run a business that relies on social interaction and being out there you also put yourself up to like out there. that that person like you're inviting people into your Scrutiny. life kind of yeah, yeah, yeah like obviously yeah 100 um, percent. but just like sometimes it's actually like it's nice to just be a guy who like nobody knows who's a guy but you're just living your best life but nobody knows who yeah who. where does that make money 100 percent. yeah that's a love i want yeah yeah you're spending this money but you don't know where i get it from bro yeah you think i'm getting it from there but i'm really not but anyway <laughs> yo can you hear me yeah i can hear you okay 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 so, so now let me ask you something. Local support? Do, 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 do you think like you've you've had like good local support, or is there something you know, you'd like to complain? Not necessarily complain about, but is there a different view? Yeah, asking me a Casper kind of question now, trying to trap me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like that. It's just that for me, personally, from a product point of, I think I think obviously internationals have more privilege and have more of an advantage than we do because. Um, black people would much more buy from someone they don't know than from someone he know that they know, yeah, which is the weirdest yeah. thing for me. But that's just generally how yeah. we move. You know what yeah. I mean? So when I when I ask someone about support, it's like, yeah, five people, six people would will talk about it. But can you say that you got the support you needed? Certain points when Street was alive that you could have gotten from a Tom, Dick, and Harry, like. The same support where someone can come to your store and buy something that sports scene has and only because yeah, you're yeah, selling it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so, like, so, so, so to, to I, I think that's question, literally a behavior we need to get into. Yeah, to answer your question, like, um, we, we definitely still alive. Like, you know, we've got like some stuff coming up now. Um, but, um, like, starting off with like rappers, I actually start off with rappers because I start off with the whole Casper thing and everything like that. Like, it's quite interesting just like grabbing off, like, yeah, from when I saw his statement and stuff like that. Is that it's quite interesting that like, um, a rapper, a South African rapper would feel that way, see that way when overseas brands have been built on international rappers, like, endorsing <laughs> them or loving their shit or, or shout outs and lyrics and stuff like that. Um, South African rappers have never ever done that. I think like the only people who have um, I've ever heard like for example rapping about South African brands, okay Malum Kukat, um Ricky, Ricky Ricky was like yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah yeah those guys you know like uh, Ricky was the first like that was like my first like okay, obviously Dumi was my first like celeb like to buy from me or whatever. Uh, it was like it was like oh my god that's so crazy. Um, Ricky bought my stuff. 
worried in the um, in the Amanda Mazana music video and like it was dope everybody was like like you know um so you get guys yeah. like that, that have now but like if you look at the if you look at the majority of the industry like i don't think that they show they show um the love that i i, I don't want to say should be because like nothing is deserved like nobody should owes be. you anything like and I, and i think that a lot of south africa south africans have a sense of entitlement so i'm, I'm not saying it from an entitled perspective but i'm they just do. like they yeah you know um from people I, one thing i learned quickly in business, one thing i learned quickly in business is that like your your biggest customers aren't going to be your homies like it's very rare and like few homies that will actually like support your brand and and buy your stuff i don't know whether it's like uh whatever thing yeah. or it's like as you said when guys are like ah dog you know guys maybe think maybe they're putting money in your pocket or maybe they think that because they're your homies they deserve for you to give them the stuff for free or a discount to whatever oh, uh, so so i learned, i learned that very quickly that like um and, and it was quite interesting because like when i opened dipshit like i thought i was a fairly i thought i was like a fairly popular person I was like i'm not fine um just my homies alone sales wise we good you know and <laughs> it it actually yeah. wasn't and like that's it so they come um, buy they, stuff <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> And then it's also like as an industry, I just think that like <laughs> I just think that like our segment of the market, or particularly I don't know, maybe mine, is like still like misunderstood at this point. Like um, getting support is like very very yeah. hard. Um, I don't think people appreciate like um, things like quality, um, exclusiveness, the effort that goes into like, for example, like a range or drop and everything like that, and they aren't willing to pay that. And people always say like, oh. Um, why buy a T-shirt for thing when you can buy a T-shirt for this at H&M? You're like, dog, economies of scale. Like H&M are able to go to a factory and be like, we're ordering a million of these T-shirts, so they're getting them for cheaper. Like, yeah, you yeah. don't, you don't have, right, right. you don't have that. Like, um, and people mm. always question mm. instead of and no one sees like, it. Supporting. And my whole thing is that, like, dog, if you're not supporting, then you shut the fuck up. Like, don't be like over explaining and 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 it's happened across the board even like if you look at like when Ricky dropped those Bosonke um basketball jerseys they were like 800 rand and people complain yeah, yeah. and everything like that and even but luckily for him because it's Ricky like he's got the clout to like overcome that like but like people like you and I like we we can't do that like we don't have that that opportunity and our market doesn't our market doesn't support that mm, kind of mm. that kind of segment and i guess partially it's also like not really their fault um i just don't think south africans um have that kind of like have that kind of they're yeah, not patriotic and not very yeah, patriotic not, actually not at all i don't think we're patriotic we want to yeah Maybe but like you know, the best, the best, extremely especially with sneakers like i don't i used to take that shit personally a lot like i've i've, I've learned to like let go of it or i used to take it personally a lot like homies would definitely like you're seeing somebody's like wearing you uh, uh like one of your homies wearing a new pair of old school vans like oh bro like why don't you just pull up to shop and get them from there like oh i know that's like like whatever and like they don't realize that like that small thing makes a huge difference to you like you what you more call this bit, like, yeah so company like cross trainer like they like talk one pair of vans like not really don't make a huge difference now like you know from one of our yeah hundred and some stores you know um, now okay so 
tell me something, right? How did Depth Street close? And what was the reason for it closed? Uh, was it meant to be like that? Or did you just get into difficulties? And if you did, what were the difficulties? It just wasn't making it just wasn't making sense like anymore. Like um for me, like a year a year before we closed the physical store, like I realized that like um as much as I wanted to sell sneakers and do sneakers and everything like that, like it just wasn't it just wasn't gonna work out. We weren't you we weren't yeah. the the protection or the segmentation from brands that is needed for growth as as an independent um and i started to make the moves to move mm, away mm, from mm. sneakers and just selling um pure apparel with but but with the main focus of apparel which is made by by me like it's my designs it's my content mm. i can decide when it's dropping i can decide what the design looks like i can decide what um yeah, yeah, yeah prices or my selling prices and all that stuff so we started doing that and and then obviously it just didn't make at the time just didn't make any more financial sense to have um physical stores because you can do a lot of that stuff like especially right. selling brand like online um compared to you've got to pay salaries you've got to pay overheads for the store you got to worry about security right. and then for me like that's one thing i've always been paranoid yeah. like that whole thing like now because i can sleep peacefully like before the alarm would go off in the store in brahm in the middle of the night and you're like worried and like like driving all the way down there and you're just about that and whatever and just like for just like the the support that we were getting or rather the lack of support that we were getting and where south africa was in terms of thing and what we wanted to do just didn't make sense to have a physical store anymore Right, right. Yeah. I think I lost you. Are you still there? Yeah. I, I think I lost you for a minute there. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. So, right, okay, so it makes sense. So, so, so you guys were basically, you could see it wasn't working and you were starting to prepare moving from brick and mortar to more online based sales right now are you guys still moving product as uh, is your is your like online presence so strong yeah pre- online online we haven't like we've been quiet like obviously like from um the socials like not as much um speaking and stuff like that um for me it was like uh i think like at that time like it's like it's like having a, a baby of yours die i don't know if that makes sense and so you kind of like go through a morning thing yeah yeah, yeah extent um yeah and 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 then also obviously you put like, so much time have, and effort into it and you sacrifice yeah, so much yeah, yeah, yeah and obviously like i have i just have other things that i do like um dip street was isn't isn't my only business um so i was just trying to like um so what else do you do oh, hmm? what else do you do well obviously it's like the aspect like we um we manufacture like some stuff for corporates um corporate so make like a lot of corporate clothing and things like that um and True. then yeah and then there's like also like some transport okay uh, yeah so um it was just that like and then also just sort of getting like like 
taking time to digest like cool this is where what went wrong and why it went wrong and this is what needs to change this is what needs to happen and then this year we slowly started coming back into working that into um i've actually been working on like two collections um uh we we're gonna drop soon um separately obviously oh uh, yeah that's so dope. it was just a matter of like i started dip sheet in in 2013 and from the jump i never got a single chance to to breathe oh, like, um and yeah and like you, especially if you've got like a physical store and you're not just selling your brand or your lines or whatever you're selling other people's brands you're running a whole store and everything i never get a chance to rest like i never had a single december to myself in that entire period because december was the busiest time of the of the year like of the uh, yeah I was always out here working. Most people spend. Yeah, yeah. And towards, I mean, and last year was just like the first time in that time that I actually got a chance to breathe. And I was like, you know, what, let me actually like take this so that, you know, when I'm back in the cuts and I'm doing it, then I'm doing it properly. So you're really so, yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. So now, but now things are completely different. Now. I mean, in between the time that you start. You have a you have a son, right? And now yeah. you, you're not uh, you're not you're not the club to say anymore. Now you're a father. No, but, but yeah. so now how how does that transition happen? Like so, to, like yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, no, I know, you know what you mean. I, mean. I don't mean like though. obviously, like my son, my son, my son actually, came, my son actually came the week. I'm just trying to think. Was it the week before or the week after Parker's? When did Zanga come? Before Parker's closed or after? I mean, when it opened. But I remember, I, I basically, after, yeah. So basic Parker's store opened, like, after, like, uh, my son was born. I remember being actually in the hospital um, the day he was born. He's sleeping, his mother's sleeping. And being on the, la- and being on the phone and laptop, like, um, trying to sort out stuff, stuff for, the, for the opening. So, you know, he, he was there. And I think right. that he was also, like, a big decision maker, actually. In, in how to approach things because before I think um, as you're saying like more the streets you're more you're very more emotional in your decision making and um, selfish in the decisions that you make just like cool like I can afford to take this risk because it's just me or whatever and then obviously you get a kid and you yeah, if you broke you broke yeah you, 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 you yeah, it's not just about you anymore um, you start being emotional and you start being and you start being way more practical um and for me it's just mm-hmm. like this nigga gotta eat and he ain't eating from this so like <laughs> gotta close it down so things just kind of more serious yeah yeah it's, it's well it's like it's more serious but like it's also not more serious like i think that i think that like you you learn to realize what's actually serious and what's not serious. And it's so weird because the things yes. that you think are serious actually aren't serious. Like, you know? Like, even just like, um, like one thing I've struggled with a lot, for example, like for my whole life was like being selfish or saying no. Like, um, I was never very good at doing those kind of things. And you, know, you get a kid and you just like, you just hold him in your arms. You can't even speak and everything. You look in his eyes and you're just like, bro, it's just me and you. Don't fuck everybody else. Like, we'll, 
that just that's the only thing that matters and that and that is what's important you start realizing family is important uh which kind of relationships are more important um you know uh those kind of things your time uh yeah so yeah so just really so having a child just really puts things into perspective so everything is like this when you don't have a child and when you have a child it's basically like this basically in a nutshell where you need to if you're in my way you're in my way for a good reason and if you're not sure get out the way bro we have nothing to yeah, talk no, about 100%. basically in a nutshell no, 100% and it's like okay. it also puts a, it also puts like a um, a sense of I don't really use the word urgency but it puts like a sense of like there's so many there's so many things that I wanted to do in my life um or want to do in my life especially from a business perspective like I've always been business minded I've always loved business and I've yeah avenues of of business or whatever and, and Dipshit was always supposed to be um the stepping stone to many other businesses for all your businesses yeah, yeah right yeah. and right. I, Yes, to a certain extent, was kind of like a good start, a good and hard starting point because retail is obviously super hard. It's one of the hardest industries to go into. But like now, when you right. when you have a child now, you're like, there's so many of these plans that like I've just been postponing because I've been fooling around and stuff like that. Like they're there, just actually start making those plans, those plans happen now. Like, right now, ready. yeah, right now. Right. So it's Loki, like what the. What you sound like, like what you're saying, sounds like is what the lockdown is doing for me. Because before the lockdown, I used to procrastinate like crazy. Like probably a week or two before the lockdown, I was procrastinating like crazy. Probably didn't leave my house for like two weeks in that week. And now I regret it because I could have done so much in between that, like in that period of time. And now when um, the regulations get relieved and stuff, like I'm trying to really like do everything times two because I've missed out on all this fucking time which I thought I had and now you wake up you're like shit I actually don't like you don't know what's like you don't know what's on the other side bro like like that's literally what this lockdown has showed me that you really think you know what the future might look like but you could wake up one morning and now you're in the middle of a fucking pandemic and no one can leave their house like I don't think anyone like really realized that this shit's possible, and I- I'm still even shocked till today. You know, like I'm s- literally still shocked. So, bro, before I, so before I leave you, or before we end this call, right? I need to ask, like, but well, I need to find out two more things, right? There's something you said in an article um, that I found very important, and you said cash flow is king. Right. So now I need you to run me down because I understand it, but I, I I need to see it from your perspective. So what do you mean by cash flow is king and why is that important to a business? Because <clears throat> that is that is what that is what 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 runs your your your, your business, um, your supplies, your your whatever's. Um, I'll give you a small example. Like if you if you're a small indie brand and everything like that, and you've got all these dope ideas and you're trying to make this new collection, and everything like that. If you don't have the cash to make it happen, it's just still ideas. Um, and when right. and when you've got that cash, then you've got to use that cash to like continue to further to further to further grow and keep everything going. And then also just obviously also just compliance, like making sure your business is compliant in terms of like government regulations and everything other than that. So like. If you if you don't have that thing working for you, especially in retail, then you're kind of screwed because you know it's not it's not it's not waiting for you. Like if if your 
if there's if, if Adidas come to you tomorrow and they're like, okay, cool, we're actually going to give you the easy drop next week and your account is overdue. And you don't have the cash flow to do that. You're not going to get the drop. Now you've lost out of opportunity. Getting a, mm-hmm. brand to, and to make money and, and to make more money to the next level. So like, ultimately, that's always Instantly. like... Instantly, yeah. The biggest thing. And I think like mm. a lot of like young business people always make the mistake of like living in the now and enjoying the now. Um, and then you kill that cash flow. Mm. Mm. and now your business can't flow there's no cycle because there's no money in the cycle ah mm. totally get it totally get it so the money in the cycle needs to be always moving even if it's not at the fast pace but as long as you have something to pull out and to put back in then you're moving but if everything is out there's no movement now you're stuck because you can't make something out of well you can't make something out of nothing but it's just harder a simple actual like even uh thing is like if you look at if you look at like right now like um businesses during this pandemic that's obviously because of lockdown if they were struggling with cash flow before this yes like they're screwed now like yes. it's a wrap like this pandemic basically yeah, the because... in every single business that was like struggling from before because now that's a wrap like, it's a wrap you're over yeah because you have no money yeah yeah i kind of get what you mean so basically okay let me put it in layman's terms right not having cash flow and running a business is like living hand to mouth so in essence you're not necessarily building anything because you're not good on a bad day yeah because you're living hand to mouth you get fifteen thousand, you pay for your car you get another ten thousand, you buy your grocery now, when they say there's a lockdown, you don't have the luxury yeah. of making that 10,000. So 100%. now you stuck. And Yeah, and, and, and I'll give it to you from even like, let's say from a debt street perspective, you have to have the knowledge to be able to say, okay, cool, November and December are probably going to be the biggest, the, 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 the busiest months of the year for us. January and February are the worst in terms of sales. You must now be able to put in your cash flow projections and say, okay, cool, of the money that we're going to get in this time here, will it carry us till March when things come um, um, picking up? And if it won't be able to carry us up until March, then how do we change that or finicky things? You must be able to foresee in the future, foresee the possible uh, dips in business and also bad things that could possibly happen to your business and predict them and also be able to then, once you predict them, then put in measures to um, prevent. Yeah, I totally get you. Yeah, 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 I'm spot on. Yeah, that makes sense. So like, last thing I want to ask you, right? Because... I was having this conversation with a friend and I was telling him how Kanye West being a billionaire um, or them being releasing that Kanye West is a billionaire is like a, it's like a, it's like a silver lining for a dark cloud. You know what I mean? Um, because as a fashion, des- not necessarily a fashion designer, someone that owns a brand, you really only think as far as your last point of reference. You know what I mean? Like if, if you don't know a billionaire that's made product and sold product, chances of you thinking you'll be a billionaire are quite slim. I'm not saying they're impossible, but they're slim. So now, with this homie being a billionaire, what do you think that means for people that sell product? Like, well, what does that... Does it mean anything to you? No, yeah, yeah. So, so a lot of people that know me and have known me or whatever know that I am a Kanye fan of death. Like, um, I don't get giddy for, like, celebs, like, in general. Like, I don't, like... I meet celebs like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I don't, I don't go crazy. I feel like, I feel like Kanye is that one guy that I would um, go crazy for because 
just everything about him, everything he does, it, I, I can relate to it. Um, it's like that, that in that one interview and was talking about like, he is that, he's like that, he's like that shot of coffee in the morning for the person that believes in themselves, themselves, like to, to, right. to wake up and do it, you know, and stuff like that. And for me, like, I, that especially came now, like at the perfect timing for me, um, when that announcement and stuff like that came out, because, you know, like just now, now Kanye was like 56 million in, in dollars and dead, dead, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was, for me, what I took from that, like the inspiration that I take from that is that like, yes, okay, cool. His, his wife was like in a position to be able to afford to take him out of that. And obviously we have different scales, but my whole point is that he bounced back from that and that is possible. And I just think that like, and he wouldn't be um, the billionaire that he is today without his failures. Like um, he, yeah. he considers, for yeah. example, like he considers his time at Nike to a certain extent a failure because he didn't get out of it what he wanted to get out of it, you know. Um, and that was an out. People were laughing at him when he was on on Sway and like seeing how Sway. I actually watched that interview again the other day, and like DJ Snake has the audacity to say to him, like. Why do you need to have your own factories and stuff like that? Why, why, why can't you be like Don C and make your own caps? I'm like, dog, with the fuck one? Okay, yes, Don C. Let me actually. I'm different things, different levels. But there's levels to this thing. You understand? I mean, like Don C is still. That's not billionaire. That's not billionaire level. That's not billionaire level. But like everyone was calling him crazy and all that stuff. he he also went through his personal things where he cut out relationships that didn't make sense, like the Jay Z's, um, and 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 people abandon you. Say, oh, your stuff is whack, or this. You get that hate. You you get your owls and everything like yeah. that. But that's actually what molds that you is a billionaire. to be the billionaire. That you become. The most important thing. Is yeah, yeah, bro. And for me, that's what like I've taken from the whole thing. Is that like I actually I'm not on this earth for people to understand me and to like me. Like um, there's a lot of people that like won't like my stuff. There's a lot of people that will misunderstand me, call me crazy, call me rude, like call, stuff. Just call me that, whatever. Um, I'm just like focused on my mission and no matter how many hours I take in achieving that mission, like ultimately I will reach my mission. Word. Word. I couldn't have said it better myself. So now what's the next move? Before we end this call, what's the next move? You leasing another collection online? Yeah, another collection online. Before that, we'll be like selling the existing stuff that we have and some sale on some stuff so people must like show us love um everybody knows the tough time i bet when can we expect that creatives and stuff like that well like the links will be up on today's third by thursday thursday friday when's the first but yeah yeah they'll be up Uh, there friday friday on friday yeah um so you know there'll be that and then obviously there'll be the 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 staggered like drops that'll come through i think i've taken like completely that's why i also took my time in doing that um because i've just taken a different uh, approach in in everything from from manufacturing to how it's coming out in terms of what makes right. business wise yeah right All right so dope bro thank you so much bro thank you so much for your time um, this is actually like low-key one of my longest sit-downs. It was, it was quite <laughs> engageful. It was really dope. Um, 
Um, thank you so much for the time. Thank you so much for your data, bro. You know how it is. Um, yeah. yeah, hope to speak for you soon, man. Keep moving, bro. Keep oh, moving, yeah, man. man. Thank you so much. Yeah, All right. Yes, bro. Peace out. Damn, I could have been anywhere, anywhere, but I'm here with you. I could've been anywhere, anywhere. But I'm here with you. Look, you must be some special to me. You gotta be special to me. You must be some special to me. You gotta mean something to me. You gotta be the whole damn package. You must be special to me. You must be some special to me. Gotta mean something to me. Gotta be the whole damn you my weekday special, you can get this loving any day Hit the mall, swipe, swipe, swipe away You make the call and I'm ready, I'm on the way Never had a love, 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 love like this I'ma have to bust down your wrist Move you from downtown to a townhouse in Santin When I get the crown on you Send the competition ain't around us Bitch, I've been around the block And I know these studies move around a lot I'm just looking for the right queen I've been running, 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 running shit why these other fuck niggas jump shit? I'm the realest, the nearest you ever met. I'm a dog, but for you I go legit. I'm your weekday, weekday special. I'm your weekday, weekday special. Anywhere, anywhere, but I'm here with you. I'm here with you. I swear I could have been anywhere. Anywhere, but I'm And you're alive on Dead Radio.